to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. Okay, well it's uh it's it's not Andrea K. It's tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley with you today, and uh, Andrea is enjoying the Fourth uh, of July holiday. Uh, weekend, so uh, she asked me if I would sit in on her behalf. Happy to do that with you and spend some time with you here. And let's see. So, uh, Todd, w- w- let's see. Uh, any plans for the? Uh, well, it's th- nice to have you sitting in the helm, the helm yeah. seat there. It's like you know the captain's chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Star Trek or something like that. Is it weird being on the other side of the table there? Uh, just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I'm I'm lucky enough that all my family lives here in San Diego, and my cousin lives out uh, by Lake Murray. Excellent. And this year they're doing the fireworks again. They haven't done it for maybe four or five years due to budgets or whatnot, but they're bringing it back. So everyone kind of goes down to uh, Lake Murray, and it's okay. one of those ones where they have a fireworks show that goes along with the uh, radio station. I forget which one it is, but they play kind of like classic rock oh, music very good. along. Yeah. So we're going to do some barbecuing and watch the firework, fireworks afterwards. And it's a popular spot. A lot of people go up to Cal's Mountain, which is real okay. close by to see the fireworks. Wow. So it's okay. kind of interesting seeing all after the fireworks. It's always interesting because it looks like white lava coming down the mountain, but it's oh. the thousands of people coming down with their flashlights oh, okay. after they saw the fireworks. Excellent. What okay. about you, Rod? Do you have a tradition? Or uh, what's let's your see. plans? Uh, I just, um, I'm not much of a party person. Uh, let's see. Uh, I just enjoy, I, I will see the fireworks at night, but that's pretty much it. I, uh, I'm, I will be taking the day off because of, you know, uh, just, you got to get out of the office now and again. But uh, other than that, no special, uh, you know, uh, tradition for me. Can you see the big bay boom from where you are? Uh, not from where I'll be, no, but uh, I have seen it in years past, and it is something, it is spectacular to watch. The guy on the news yesterday, the guy who sets it up, says this year they've got some new fireworks. And every, every, oh. it seems interesting. Every year they do seem to have new fireworks. But this year the guy said there's some new ones that they, it shoots up, it's four different colors, it's okay. kind of round, and then they change colors midway down. Oh. So. Very if, if nice. Some, if listeners out there are watching the Big Bay Boom, look for the new firework. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, um, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to be sitting in for Andrea uh, for this particular show and uh, wish all of you a, a happy, safe, and uneventful Fourth of July uh, weekend. And let's see. Now, uh, uh, because I'm a tax and estate planning attorney, I like to try to you know, weave in some of the uh, technical stuff. I don't want to get too technical because I don't want to be put people to sleep. But um, because I do estate planning, that often becomes a question, well, Rod, you know, really, what is estate planning? Why would I do it? What does it mean? Uh, how much wealth do I have to have to do it, et cetera? Uh, these are all great questions. And so uh, let me share with you a, a definition of estate planning. Now, I didn't come up with this. A, a national group that I belong to developed this a number of years ago. But I share it with clients, and I'll share it with you because I think it has has some real value. Uh, I'll give you the full definition, and then I'll go back through it. I'll chunk it down, and I'll talk about each of the component parts, and then I'll give it to you one last time. So maybe that'll help you understand what I do as an estate planning attorney. And the definition of estate planning is as follows. I want to control my property while I'm alive and well. I want to provide for me and my loved ones if I become mentally disabled. And someday when I die, I want to leave what I have to whom I want 
It gets to them when I want, and more important, the way that I want. And I want to be able to do all of these things with fully disclosed and controlled settlement costs, both to me and those whom I love. Now, that's a mouthful, so let me break this down, and let's see if we can uh, make it a little more understandable. First of all, I want to control my property while I'm alive and well. You know, I, I've never met a client who wanted to give up control, because... I mean, I don't know if my clients are control freaks, but I think because uh, they've spent so much time and hard work building their estate, whatever it may be, it's important to them to remain in control. Um, there seems to be a misconception out there that if you set up an estate plan, let's say you set up a living trust, that somehow you've lost control of the assets. Well, it's absolutely not true. In fact, by setting up a living trust and putting your assets into it, and in my world we call that funding, it's just a lawyer word, means transferring assets that you have into a living trust, um, you actually have more control than if you hadn't done anything at all. Because let's pick, I'll, I'll, I'll use myself in as, as an example, let's say that I'm driving home and I get into a bad car wreck and now I'm mentally incapacitated. Um, by having my assets in a living trust, and so that you know I do have my own living trust did a number of years ago. Uh, having those assets owned by the trust means I don't now have to go through what we call conservatorship. Because at some point, somebody <clears throat> would need my uh, <clears throat> excuse me signature, <clears throat> excuse me, and the way they're going to get it is they put me in front of the probate court judge downtown here in San Diego, and then what happens is some third person is appointed to represent me. And so now they can sign my name and act on my behalf. And now they have the privilege of, of telling the court every two years, how am I doing? How are they spending my money, etc. And so we sometimes call that a living probate because I'm alive, though I'm not well, and I'm subject to the probate court's jurisdiction. And that can totally be avoided by having a living trust uh, funded with my assets so that if I'm ever incapacitated mentally, I don't have to go through the conservatorship process. And so that I, I'm saying in control. I haven't lost control. Actually, I'm in more control now than I was to begin with. Let's see. Uh, so that's the first part of the definition. Control my property while I'm alive and well. Second, I want to provide for me and my loved ones if I become mentally disabled. Well, I've already kind of hinted at that because if I am uh, as a result of an accident or a disease, I'm, you know, rendered incompetent mentally, although some might say that's probably already the case now. But in any event, uh, if that happened, then as we've already talked about, uh, I, don't, I don't lose control. And if I had dependents, um, my family doesn't have to go through uh, the conservatorship process. And if I didn't describe what that is, uh, conservatorship is just basically a guardianship for a grown person. That's all that is. And let's see. Uh, I want to leave what I have to whom I want. It gets to them when I want, and more important, the way that I want. Okay? And, um, and I'll give you, for instance, I've got... Um, a sad case, but uh, ultimately, I think a, 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 a good resolution uh, was referred. One of my wonderful colleagues here locally referred a, a client of his to me, and uh, the gentleman um, has unfortunately has stage four esophageal cancer. He was diagnosed as terminal back in uh, November of last year and given six months to live. So at this point, he's on borrowed time. Uh, he had done no planning up to this point, and he has a number of children. And so we certainly needed to get in something in place. And what happened was uh, he has a colleague who's also an attorney uh, in his local area. And this uh, friend and colleague tried to help out, tried to do some estate planning, um, because, but he's not an estate planning attorney. So he was doing the best he could to try to help out. So 
um, I took a look at the situation. I said, you know, I don't know this is the very, I mean, I understand what happened. I thought that, I think it's great what they've tried to do. I don't know that that really accomplishes what you want. And I think there will be increased taxes as a result of it. So I said, you know, let me unwind everything that's been done. Let me set it up the right way going forward. And then that way, um, because the way it had been set up, there was no conservatorship avoidance because there was no trust set up. There had just been gifts that had been made uh, to uh, one particular child. And that, I don't think, was going to work at the end of the day. So we set up a living trust for the gentleman. We're going to put his uh, assets into the trust. And then whenever his time comes, um, he will be able to make that transition uh, peacefully and with the confidence and the knowledge that everything will go the way he would want it to go. And so as a consequence, um, his beneficiaries will receive whatever's coming to them in a way that will be protected for their, for their benefit, protected from later creditors, that is to say lawsuits, and if there might be a divorcing spouse, we some, I sometimes call those people predators. So creditor, predator protection is the idea here. So uh, that's really the, the whole goal of, of leaving everything to the people I want it to go to and leaving it uh, how I want, and it gets to them when I want. And then finally, uh, I want to be able to do all of these things with fully disclosed and controlled settlement costs, both to me and those whom I love. The idea here, and it, it seems like it's a, a, a misconception out there. I don't know. Somehow people think that they sign their trust document and they sign it one time and it takes care of everything for all time. Well, that's absolutely not true. And I, I've had cases where people have come in. Uh, you know, with documents they signed 20 years ago. <laughs> I mean, at that time, when they had it done originally, it made, it made a lot of sense. I mean, it was perfectly, beautifully done uh, document, uh, well done estate plan. But, you know, life changes. I mean, life can change in a day, and you can think over the course of, uh, um, you know, 20 years how life, uh, you know, they might have had children, you know, minor children at one time, and now they have grandchildren. So the plan they did 20 years ago really doesn't... Uh, continue to have, that uh, doesn't serve them as well as it could. So, um, you know, the idea that you can sign something one time and it'll take care of everything for all time, it's, it, it's, a, it, it, it's a misconception. So what, what I uh, tell people is if uh, you're working with an attorney, whether that's me or whomever, um, just have an agreement that if they come back to see the attorney after someone's becoming incapacitated or they've passed on, that they'll decide what a fair fee should be. And if we've done a good job on the front end taking care of all the assets, putting them into a living trust, and then you know disability or death comes, then that should be a much cleaner plan to administer later on. And so the cost should be somewhat contained, if not completely contained. I mean, there'll still be some cost to administer, but they shouldn't be anything like having to take assets and put them into a trust uh, for the benefit of the family. So uh, as we uh, wind down for this segment, uh, when we come back, uh, one of Andrea's listeners had a question about asset protection strategies that also have a tax impact or, or can be tax favorable. So we'll talk about those and, uh, when we come back from the break. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. 
Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. And welcome back. We're um, continuing on. This is Rod Hatley, tax and estate planning attorney with the Hatley Law Group, sitting in for Andrea K. And uh, p- proud to be. Thanks for uh, stopping by, spending some of your uh, holiday with us. Let's see. Now, uh, Andrea had a question that had come in from one of the listeners, wanted to know something about or, or some strategies uh, tax strategies that would also have uh, an asset protection uh, component to them. And as I thought about this and I did a little research, I thought to myself, well, probably valuable, if especially for business owners out there, uh, to review some essentials that I think business owners need to be paying attention to. And uh, we probably won't get through everything during this segment. We'll try to break it down, make it understandable. I'll talk about each of them. There's probably about nine opportunities that are out there. So let's try to get through about half of them before we have to take the next break. And then we'll uh, wrap them up after we come back from the break. But just to get started, uh, for those business owners who do have a... um, a concern about protecting their assets, uh, you know, it really makes sense to say, look, you know, choose, first of all, choose the right business entity. Um, I can't tell you the number of people that I see who operate as a sole proprietor. Now, if you do that, I mean, it's a choice and it's certainly very cost effective. I mean, it doesn't cost anything to, to do that. But, you know, it, it really exposes everything you've got to a lawsuit and it can totally allow a creditor, a successful judgment creditor, to take everything you've got, your life savings, your home, everything. Um, you know, this is interesting. Uh, some years ago, I, I worked uh, with a, an anesthesiologist, and she operated as a sole proprietor. And I said, you know what? You must be very, very good at what you do, because she had nothing in place, no protection whatsoever, and I was just totally blown away. So um, for a business owner, that may mean that you set up uh, probably an S corporation or maybe an LLC. Um, And the best way to determine that is to work with your tax and accounting professional, uh, or if you've got a tax attorney or a corporate lawyer to work with, they can help you decide what makes the most amount of sense given what you want to do. Now, for some professions here in California, you can't operate as a as a, uh, an LLC, you have to be an S corporation. And that's totally fine. You just have to know what, what your choices are and you have to operate within those parameters. But if you do that and you set it up the right way, then you should be totally fine going forward. Now, that said, 
let's make sure that once you set up your corporation or your LLC, that you do it the right way. You file your articles of incorporation or your articles of organization, depending on whether it's a corporation or an LLC, and make sure that you keep everything up to date. And you actually don't use your corporation or your LLC as your own personal piggy bank, because then what can happen is a successful judgment creditor can pierce the corporate veil. That is to say, go after your own individual assets because you've really never treated this entity as a separate entity, separate and apart from yourself. You're really uh, using it as your own personal piggy bank. So we don't want to see that. So set it up the right way and then maintain it going forward. Make sure you file your statements of information with the Secretary of State's office. Make sure that you have separate bank accounts and the, the right assets are owned by the entity, whether it's the S Corporation or the LLC. Probably don't see very many C Corporations, but I think for most business owners, an S Corporation makes a lot of sense. You don't pay the two levels of tax. Anyway, that's getting a little bit far afield, but set it up the right way, maintain it, and that should provide you a lot of protection going forward. Secondly, um, uh, let's see, uh, use proper contracts and procedures. Uh, depending on the kind of business you're in, just make sure that you get things in writing and you use the right kinds of contracts uh, for the people that you're doing business with. Now, I, as an attorney, uh, the State Bar of California says that if it's $1,000 or more, I should have a written contract. And so that you know, I do. Uh, but there are people who sometimes don't pay attention to this, you know, the, those kinds of details. And uh, a good tax and accounting professional, good tax attorney, good corporate lawyer will make sure that you're doing things the right way. So, uh, what I'm, my point is, don't try to do this on your own. Hire a good professional to help you, because ultimately that'll make a real difference in how protected you are from any potential future lawsuit. Let's see, uh, number three. Uh, purchase appropriate business insurance. I think that's incredibly valuable. I mean, for myself, I have errors and omissions coverage. So if I make a mistake um, inadvertently uh, on behalf of a client um, and there's damage as a result of it, then there's a pot of money to make that, uh, that client whole. So whatever you're doing uh, as a living uh, whether you're a professional or whether you're a service provider, whatever the case may be, make sure that you have good uh, business insurance in place because it can make a real difference. Uh, now, it's not a, it's not a, you know, it's, it's not going to be the best answer in, in, in many cases because there may be exclusions from the policy and there may be uh, limits, and certainly there are limits on your insurance. I mean, there's a cap on it, how much that they'll cover. But at least that's a good uh, start down the pathway to protecting yourself and your personal assets from being taken uh, by a successful judgment creditor. Uh, let's see, another idea, and this would be probably number four, is to obtain an umbrella policy of liability insurance. <clears throat> and as the name suggests, this kind of covers you like, much like an umbrella would. So it picks up where your business insurance kind of leaves off and it provides an additional layer of protection so that if your policy limits are exceeded uh, by a claim, then you've got a personal liability umbrella policy that will pick that up and cover that as well. Uh, but as we just talked about, there may be policy exclusions for the personal or the, the umbrella liability policy. And um, again, it has a cap. So depending on what the claim is for, uh, having the business insurance and also pairing that with the umbrella liability policy of insurance, uh, that may not be enough, but at least it's a good start. 
I would never discourage anybody from having the right kind of uh, insurance in place. And so, uh, Todd, how are we doing on time? We got another about six minutes. You need okay. to hit a couple more of those. There. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's take a look. Um, let's see. If uh, for those of uh, for those of our listeners out there who are business owners who are married, um, consider placing certain assets possibly into your spouse's name. Um, <clears throat> and the idea here is that if you're in a higher risk profession, let's say uh, you're an OBGYN uh, medical professional. And you, you know, I think the chances are likely you're going to be sued at some point. So it's a risky profession. It's a wonderful, honorable profession to be sure, but it's risky. So one idea might be for uh, that spouse to place maybe uh, the, the, the most important assets possibly into the name of the non-risky uh, spouse, the one who's not doing that kind of work. That can provide a shield of liability because if that's a separate property asset of that a particular spouse, then, you know, if the OBGYN gets sued, then that person can only lose his or her separate property, his or her half of the community property, and that would also expose the community property half of the non-risky spouse. But the separate property of the non-risky spouse would not be uh, subject to any kind of uh, claim. So that may be, and of course, here again, you have to be talking to your um, your professional advisors, probably your attorney, uh, to set this up the right way. And understand if you do it that way, that may be setting the stage for uh, an unhappy result if ultimately you get divorced. I mean, these are things that you have to think about. So um, it's certainly th- uh, worth considering, but uh, don't do it in a vacuum. Make sure you're working with your other professional advisors. And if you don't have any um, you know, reach out. Um, I'm always happy to to talk to listeners, and if I can make a recommendation, happy to do that. Happy to put you, point you in the right direction if I can't help you myself. And then, uh, as we close uh, this particular segment, um, there's also what's called the homestead exemption, and in California, that can be very valuable. In California, we uh, will protect the homestead, uh, that is to say, the equity that uh, people have in their home up to a certain dollar amount. If you're a single person in California, you can say you can protect up to $75,000 of the equity. And if you're a head of household, and <clears throat> that is to say you uh, have someone living with you who's dependent upon you, you can, you can shelter up to 100000 And if you're over 65, you're disabled, and you make less than, I think, $25,000 a year uh, in any of those, then you can shelter up to $175,000. So uh, that can be very valuable to protect the equity that you have in your home. And uh, just as a point of uh, reference here, uh, years ago when O.J. Simpson was sued civilly, uh, back in, I think it was 97, they tried that case up in Santa Monica, uh, O.J. ultimately left Brentwood. He sold out his property there, and he bought a new home in Florida. So the question was, well, why would he go to Florida? Well, because in California, O.J. can only save a certain amount of his equity, but in Florida, he can—they have an unlimited homestead, so he could leave. He could protect everything. All of his equity in his home would be totally protected in Florida. It's one of the few states where you can actually do that. So that's why O.J. ultimately left Brentwood and went to Florida. 
So hope that that's helpful. And Todd, how are we doing? We're bringing coming down the mountain here. Yeah, we just got a couple of minutes here. I have a quick question for you. You said uh, uh, talking about putting stuff in a spouse's name. Mm-hmm. Now, what if you're not married? Could you do it like I don't know, a sibling or a parent? Well, you know that that can get into what's called a fraudulent transfer. Oh, so we okay. don't want to see that happen. Um, you know, it, it everything is done on a case by case basis, and we'll take a look. At, uh, from, at least from an asset protection standpoint, um, you know, do you have, uh, we want to know, I mean, have you been sued? If you have been sued, uh, there may be fewer options that we have on the table than if a client comes in and, um, you know, they, they haven't, they don't have any inkling that they're going to be sued, but they want to make sure that they've structured things the right way. And so that I can be really clear here, um, I think asset protection gets a really bad rap out there because there are a lot of um, fly-by-night organizations mm-hmm. and shysters out there that are promoting their asset protection plans, which are really nothing more, more than schemes. What asset protection really is about is simply structuring the ownership of the assets so that they're safeguarded from risk. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. And so when I work with clients to do an asset protection plan, um, everything is ab- above board, it's transparent, and we're not hiding anything at all. And uh, we can also help avoid taxes. Now, understand I said avoid taxes, not evade taxes. And the question usually is, well, what's the difference? And one, say, one won't get you in jail and one won't, right? Well, that's what, <laughs> you, 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 yeah, I was going to say it's about a, about a year for every offense. So you have to be careful with that. So um, you can legally avoid taxes, but you cannot legally evade taxes. And so the whole idea behind good ethical asset protection is just simply structuring uh, how you own the assets so that if a lawsuit shows up on your doorstep, you don't have to lose sleep over it. And we can also save taxes, too, in the process, uh, but we can't ev- ev- evade them. Okay, and so we've got just about a minute left here. And let's see. So one thing I've, I picked up on there is, is he said that if, if you're in the process of being sued, so this is asset protection is something you really want to take care of before there's an issue. Well, it really, it makes a lot of sense to consider this ahead of time. Now, just because someone's been sued, that doesn't mean the ball game's over. Always happy to sit down with a client, talk to them about their rights and responsibilities vis-a-vis the lawsuit. And there may be things that we can still do. Okay. But um, so I wouldn't say that the ball game's over, but I would say that we may have fewer options available to us at that point. So, uh, you know, we want to be careful what we do because we don't want to get into um, aiding and abetting a fraudulent transfer. We don't want to do that. Okay. But we want to, you know, talk to the clients, help them understand where they are and what they can do. And then it's up to them to decide what they want to do, if, if anything. And I bet you, like, doing it ahead of time, it gives you a little bit of peace of mind. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it, it's, um, and that's one of the points that we'll get to after we come back from okay. the break. Uh, but it's the idea that you can uh, set up uh, the right kind of asset protection structure. You can put assets into it, still have access to those assets, enjoy them. But if a lawsuit shows up on your doorstep, it's not something that you have to be overly concerned about. Yeah, it, it's, it's not a happy day to be sued. But you should be able to sleep at night knowing that you've done the right planning ahead of time, and that'll make it much more challenging for any successful uh, plaintiff to ever come against you and grab your assets. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay, spelled K A Y E. 
Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Okay, back again. Thanks, uh, Todd, for uh, bringing us back into the uh, segment. And let's see, we had talked just a little bit before we went uh, into the break about um, asset protection and the right time. I mean, I think it's always valuable. You know, talk to a good estate planning attorney, an asset protection professional, uh, before a lawsuit shows up on your doorstep. I mean, that's not the best time really to be dealing with it. Um, but, you know, do people do what they should do when they should do it? Of course not. So we can always have a conversation about what rights and responsibilities they have now in light of the lawsuit and what, if anything, we can do to uh, protect them at that point. Uh, sometimes we can do things. You know, uh, there are options that are available to us, but sometimes uh, options are off the table. So it just depends on... Um, so it's always a fact-based uh, analysis. So I always encourage clients, even if you have been sued, you know, let's sit down, let's talk about it, and let's see uh, where we come out. And also, what would you like to do based on what we've uh, shared with you? Now, uh, let's see. Um, probably uh, for those uh, business owners out there, uh, here's something that's worth considering. Now, we've talked about a number of things. You know, make sure that you've got the right business entity in place. Uh, make sure that you maintain the corporate veil. That is to say, make sure that you, you know, really conduct business as that entity, whether it's a corporation or an LLC. Make sure that it's not your personal piggy bank, but make sure that you've got your own checking account for that entity. Uh, the assets are owned by the entity, et cetera. Uh, use proper contracts and procedures. Make sure that you really conduct this business as a business and not as a hobby. Um, Purchase the appropriate business insurance and also make sure that you have uh, umbrella insurance as well. And if you're married, maybe consider placing assets into the name of the spouse who doesn't, who is not engaged in a risky profession. And finally, um, remember the homestead exemption. That's certainly, you know, it's automatic in California, but you can certainly file paperwork with the county recorder to put it on record but you ordinarily would have that anyway as an automatic exemption. But um, asset protection also encompasses doing an asset protection trust. So uh, it's important to uh, you know, think about this. Now, for most people, you know, the things that we've already talked about probably should be enough. But there are some uh, clients out there uh, in some of the listeners, I'm sure, who would like to take some chips off the table now while um, you know, they can. And so that's where an asset protection trust can be a valuable uh, discussion uh, with your attorney. And basically, an asset protection trust is a trust that you place your own property into. 
you remain the beneficial owner of that property, and you can use that property and enjoy it as though it were your own. But if you are sued, then that property remains safe uh, from any lawsuits and judgments. And uh, you can establish uh, an asset protection trust, uh, but you should do so before you get sued. And as we've talked about, um, even if uh, you have been sued, we may still be able to do uh, undertake various strategies, but some strategies are probably off the table at that point and just not, uh, you know, we, we can't consider them anymore. So let's see. Now, I did a little thinking about this, and as far as tax strategies, uh, if, especially if you're a business owner and you've got uh, tax concerns, um, you know, I mean, you also want to have some asset protection uh, components built into it. Uh, working with a good tax and accounting professional, maybe a tax attorney, corporate lawyer, you might consider setting up a defined benefit plan. And usually you'll see this in the context of a, an accountant working with his or her clients, especially if they're doing very well financially, making lots of money, but they may be running into six or seven figure uh, tax problems as a result of that. So uh, a defined benefit plan can be a good answer. Uh, I'm not saying, I'm not giving advice here, I'm just suggesting that that may be something worth considering, having a conversation with your accountant. Uh, and it may be that your accountant has already decided, you know, we need to talk about this. But I know, you know, listeners are busy, especially if you're running a business, you're, you know, taking care of all the myriad things that a, uh, a business owner has to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And so you, you meant to get to it, just like the estate planning. I know plenty of people want to do it. They really meant to do it. But, you know, the phone rang, and then they had to go pick up the kids from soccer practice, et cetera. Life just got in the way. So you have to make it a priority. But certainly, if you um, work with your accountant, he or she can help you get this thing a defined benefit plan, for example, set up. I'm not saying that this is always the, the best answer for uh, every business owner. And in fact, it may not uh, be the best answer except for a few people out there. But it's the idea that you're having a conversation with your professional advisors and understanding, well, what can be done so that uh, I minimize my taxes and I also protect the assets that go into this defined benefit plan. So that's a, 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 you know, a valuable a consideration and an idea worth pursuing. Uh, for some clients who uh, make a, a tremendous amount of money and, you know, they have uh, risks that are, you know, are part and parcel of their business that they maybe they'd like to insure against, like workers' comp and stuff like that, there's something called a captive insurance company. And that's something where you can set up your own and be self-insured. You can set up your own insurance company and you can put away a lot of money and you can get tax deductions for doing so, and that money is protected, um, and it can be available to you at a later time. So um, I'm just suggesting these are things to consider. I'm not saying that this is necessarily the answer for anyone listening, but it may well be valuable to have that conversation. Uh, perhaps your accountant uh, has experience with that. If not, then good idea to bring in uh, professionals, and there are uh, folks who deal with captive insurance companies here in Southern California. They're very good at what they do, and they can be a very valuable arrow in your quiver to talk about how to set this up the right way and to get you the tax deductions and also protect the money that goes into uh, the captive insurance company. Um, finally, um, there's what's called a private retirement plan trust. Um, you know, and this has the 
the benefit of being able to protect assets, uh, the money that goes in there, um, the, the tax play um, may not be there so much. I mean, I think really the idea behind a private retirement plan trust is to set up a, a, an entity, a trust, that will uh, create a private retirement plan for you as the client, and it's exempt um, by state law from being ever reached by a creditor. So it can be a really valuable, I mean, I mean you, you, people should be planning for their retirement in any event. And so the legislature uh, set up as an exemption a private retirement plan trust. So you can set up your own retirement plan and that monies that go into that are protected from being reached by successful judgment creditors. So it's certainly valuable to consider. And if you're, you know, it, again, I think the, the whole upshot of this is, you know, talk to your clients, uh, talk to your advisors as a client, talk to your advisors, find out what your options are, and then make those informed choices. Now, not everything is gonna work for you necessarily, but at least get smarter about what your options are so you can make those informed choices and decide what you wanna do. And um, I think part of what I do as an estate planning attorney, I want to talk to my clients about what's going on in their lives, help them understand what options they do have, and then we have a conversation. Uh, the way I like to say it, and I think this makes a lot of sense, is I say, look, um, you guys are the experts on your family. I want you to teach me about your family. I'm the expert on the law, so I'm going to teach you about the law. So together, we should be able to um, build a plan that will take care of whatever's a concern to you. I want to know your hopes, fears, dreams, aspirations, all those sorts of things, both for you and for your family. And when I know that, then that helps drive the decision what to do as regards, you know, setting up the right kind of uh, estate plan. And if there are concerns about creditors at a later time, then we can set make it we we can make it so that whenever the uh, assets get to the children, they'll be protected from later creditors and predators of your children uh, and grandchildren or whoever. And if a client would like to, you know, would like to take some chips off the table now, well, then that's a perfectly good time to be talking about maybe adding a, an additional layer to the estate plan, which would be an asset protection trust. So I, I really look at this as comprehensive estate planning because it's the idea that you know you're allowed to plan for your uh, your eventual incapacity and, and passing on, and you can do so in such a way that it really works not only to transfer assets to the people you want them to go to in the way that you want them to get them, but also to protect them too. And um, I think it makes a lot of sense. And uh, I, I don't know why, uh, I, I, I know why clients don't do it. They get busy and uh, they meant to do it. And then suddenly they're out of the picture or they've suffered a stroke or a disability of some kind. And then, you know, and so the, the lucky thing I was just sharing earlier with uh, Todd that I have a client up in uh, Northern California and um, has, uh, has cancer and doesn't have long to live. He's on borrowed time at this point. The lucky thing was that we were able to get the plan in place. We FedExed it up to him, and to my knowledge, he has signed the plan, so that's a relief because I was concerned that you know something might happen and he might take a turn for the worse and he might pass before he ever signed the documents. I mean, that would have been a, a real tragedy. But uh, as a, so far as I know, he has signed the documents, and so he's got a good plan in place. Um, you know, he had very specific goals that he wanted to achieve, and I think we were able to help him with those. So I feel very good about that. And that's a, a, a wonderful feeling of, 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 of accomplishment that we've been able to help a client with whatever was important to them. So let's see. 
I've done a lot of talking. If anybody is out there and they have any questions um, and you want uh, specifics or uh, you've got a general question about uh, estate planning and or asset protection or both, certainly uh, feel free to uh, reach out to us here uh, on the Facebook Live feed. Delighted to hear from you. Happy to uh, entertain any questions you've got. And if I can't take care of them today, uh, we'll try to take care of them the next time that I'm a guest here on the Andrea K. Show. And usually Al Arias, uh, who is an outstanding CPA here in San Diego, and I usually, uh, it's the tag team, it's the Al Rod, as she calls us. Uh, so we'll, we'll come in and, uh, you know, we can address it at that time. Or I can just send Andrea an email, and then she can address that over the air uh, to the people who uh, had the question. And ideally, you get your answer that way. Um, the best way to do planning, uh, just find an attorney who does this kind of planning. I would always recommend uh, find an attorney who does estate planning, and uh, they need to make it should be something that they uh, focus the majority of their practice on. Uh, I don't know that I'd feel comfortable seeing an attorney who will do your bankruptcy and your DUI and your slip and fall and also take care of your estate planning. I just think it's too important. A conversation to have with someone who doesn't focus on this area, you know, basically exclusively. Now, there are some good general practitioners out there, no doubt, but I think those are fewer and far between these days. And I think you should be looking for somebody who does this almost all the time. And, you know, I'm always happy to serve as a reference point, so certainly feel free to reach out to me. Uh, Rod at HatleyLawGroup.com, or you can call me at 858-792-3444. Always happy to hear from you. And if I can't help you, I'm honored to try to get you into the uh, to someone who can and provide you some direction that way. And let's see. Um, I Let's see. So, Tom, I think we're coming down to about a minute left before we go into the next break. Anything else that uh, you... Well, you know, earlier you were talking about how you think some people think, oh, you know, I signed an estate plan years oh, yeah. ago, one and done. I had a, my grandmother who just recently is in a retirement home. She's a widow and she actually had remarried a few times. Sure. Not to throw my grandma under the bus, <laughs> but I know her estate planning attorney, uh, you know, reached out to her and, and it's getting some, she goes, well, I signed something with you years ago. Aren't, aren't I, aren't I okay? I, and he, get, and he says, Barbara, you know, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. And, and that you had a different last name then. Uh, yes. Yes. Cause she had since remarried. So, yeah. you know, it is kind of, it isn't one of those things where you can, you know, years ago do it, sign and it's done and you know everything's in order. And something you got to keep updated. Yeah, it really, um, and it's an excellent point. Thank you for sharing that personal story. It's, um, it, it's, it's so important. Uh, get the plan in place and keep it updated. I mean, the same idea for the business owners out there who are listening. You know, you have to file a statement of information with the Secretary, Secretary of State every two years. So the same idea applies. You have to keep these things updated. If there have been changes, because, you know, there are going to be changes in your life. We know that. There's also going to be changes in the law. And we'll talk about some of those uh, expected changes here after the break. But bottom line is uh, keep your plan updated, keep it maintained so that when disability or more typically death comes, it's a much cleaner plan to administer, shouldn't cost that much to administer, and it makes it a lot easier for the family. Having gone through a seven-year probate after my father passed away, I can tell you that anything that saves you having to go to probate court is a good thing. And so if I can help with that, I'm certainly honored to, to be of contribution. Okay, and uh, when, on the next segment, uh, what we'll do is I'll get into some of the tax law changes that are expected, talk about tax law generally and uh, the estate tax and uh, wh what we think is going to happen with that. We'll see you on the flip side. 
Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Okay, back again. Thanks for staking, uh, staying with us. Uh, we appreciate that. And uh, let's see. Now, before we took the break, I was mentioning that we'd take a look at some of the uh, uh, tax law changes that are expected. I mean, I think right now, and Todd and I were talking during the break, um, the tax law changes that were proposed are uh, I think that's all going to be on hold for a while, and I, I, I think a lot of it's going to be determined by uh, whether uh, Congress can um, find any uh, common ground. Certainly, uh, the repeal and I guess the replacement of Obamacare, uh, the latest word is that Trump is uh, urging a repeal and then maybe a later replacement of uh, Obamacare. Don't know that that's going to find a lot of uh, support in the uh, Senate. Uh, but, you know, one never knows. And uh, McConnell certainly has the ability to, um, you know, pull a rabbit out of a hat, as I understand it. So I guess it, it could happen. But um, I think the point is that uh, a lot of tax law changes are also embodied in the repeal and replacement of Obamacare. So un- until we get that uh, sorted out, I don't think we're going to see any meaningful uh, tax law change this year. Uh, the word I'm getting from uh, my uh, colleagues is probably figure 2018 will be the year that we'll see any uh, tax law change of any of any note. Just saw something come across uh, uh, the uh, the wire the other day. Uh, Delaware is uh, going to end its estate tax. It does have a state estate tax, and that's also in addition to the federal estate tax. Right now, uh, so that you know, uh, there's everybody, uh, you know, if I talk, start talking about the applicable exclusion amount, I mean, your eyes have already rolled into the back of your head, and you've already... T- tuned out. Um, but if I talk about uh, that as a coupon, everybody has used a coupon at some point in their lives. So everybody has in their hip pocket, whether you realize it or not, a coupon for up to $5.49 million. So uh, I can someday, if I were to die this year, for example, I could leave up to $5.49 million estate tax-free. My heirs or my beneficiaries of my trust uh, would not pay any estate tax. But for every dollar over that amount, it gets taxed at a 40% clip. And a married couple can actually put their two coupons together, and they can shelter an eyelash under $11 million. So $10.98 million can be uh, passed on without there being any, any estate tax uh, imposed. So right now, I know that Trump would like to repeal the estate tax, and there has been uh, legislation introduced uh, in Congress back in late January to repeal the estate tax. 
Um, don't see it happening this year, and the word I get is that there's going to be some pushback if he were to, uh, to do that. Uh, so, you know, California, where we all live and we're uh, you know, enjoying the uh, July 4th holiday, um, is, uh, does not have an estate tax. And we had an inheritance tax about 35 years ago, 1982, it, it was abolished. So basically now we rely on uh, the feds after someone passes away here, a wealthy individual, and uh, they, they, their family makes a payment to the, uh, the Department of the Treasury, uh, a portion of that is uh, uh, given back to the state of California. Now, if the federal estate tax were to go away, so that you know there is legislation that's been introduced in the state assembly uh, that would impose an estate tax here in California. So, um, and it would be, I think, pretty close to what it is for the feds. So even if uh, the estate tax, the federal estate tax were to go away, we're not going to see necessarily any kind of a break here in the state of California. So good advanced estate planning is always going to be, I think, very key, especially for our wealthier clients. But um, I don't want to muddy the waters here too much just to say that everybody uh, needs an estate plan. For example, uh, I know some listeners have children, 18-year-olds. Uh, they're going off to college this fall, and maybe they're going out of state. Or maybe they're staying in-state. It really doesn't matter. Uh, now that the children are 18, and I know you're, they'll always be your babies, the reality is now that they're 18, they're adults. And so you as a parent no longer have access automatically to your children's information. So what I always talk to people about is, you know, don't think that you have to be incredibly wealthy to, or, or you have to be elderly to do an estate plan. You can be an 18-year-old who probably maybe has a couple thousand dollars saved up, uh, but that person needs an estate plan. Why? Because it, they're incapacitated or something has happened to them, then you have to empower someone, maybe your parents, maybe an older sibling or someone, to take over. So what I talk about is what's called a, per, a personal protection plan. It's this idea that especially for an 18-year-old, uh, they get a will, they get a power of attorney so that mom or dad or maybe an older sibling can act on their behalf if they're mentally incapacitated. And then we give them an advanced health care directive and a HIPAA authorization. These are great documents that allow mom, dad, and older sibling to be able to make uh, medical decisions on behalf of the 18-year-old who just started college, and uh, hand in hand with that is what's called a HIPAA authorization. And that just allows mom and dad and the older sibling to have access to the protected medical information of the 18-year-old. So the idea behind all of this is just, you know, take all, all the guesswork out of this, do some advanced planning, and uh, as I say, it's an 18-year-old who maybe, if they're lucky, have a, has a couple of thousand dollars saved up. So they're not elderly and they're not necessarily wealthy, but they need that kind of planning ahead of time. So we just want to make that clear. This not just for the for older folks who are wealthy. It certainly is, but uh, also let's don't forget the 18-year-old who's starting college this fall. Okay, so um, let's see. We talked about Delaware is going to uh, end its uh, estate tax, and uh, apparently New Jersey has also done that and uh, their estate tax will completely disappear after this year. Uh, some other interesting facts here. Uh, the District of Columbia, Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, and Vermont and Washington levy estate taxes right now as we speak. 
the District of Columbia, Iowa, Kentucky, Maryland, Nebraska, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania also have inheritance taxes. And so I've talked about estate taxes. I've also talked about inheritance taxes. And so what's the difference? The estate tax is a, is a transfer tax. It's, it's a tax on the transfer of wealth from mom and or dad or both to uh, their children. So basically it's a tax that's owed by the estate to the federal government or in this case to the state government. And then an inheritance tax is a tax on the right to receive that money. So in those states that have both an inheritance tax and an estate tax, it's a, it's a double whammy. So uh, in California, at least, even if uh, someone uh, might have to pay an estate tax for their parents or grandparents passing away, they won't also have to pay an inheritance tax because we abolished that uh, back in 1982. Let's see what else uh, is valuable to take a look at here. That's pretty much it as far as the, uh, the, the estate and uh, asset protection. Uh, Todd, was there any other question that had come up as a result of anything we talked about or had anybody uh, chimed in? or? Well, I don't know, I don't know if you can uh, do it in four minutes or not, but you, you just mentioned levy the taxes. What, what does that mean? You can ride your boat through it or something? Or? <laughs> no, what, what, they levy the tax. They basically, uh, they can, uh, they, they basically, uh, generate a tax uh, bill and so they can levy on that what they mean is that they can put a lien on property so basically uh, it's a threat either either pay this tax or we're going to put a lien on your assets and so um, if you don't pay it then they have the right to seize the assets sell the assets to raise the money to pay the tax so uh, the, the whole idea <laughs> the levy <laughs> um, but you know it can be confusing so it, it, it's a good idea you know and ideally uh, when someone has passed on um, you know, now you can represent yourself in pro per. I mean, that's a fancy Latin term. That just means that you represent yourself in court. And clearly, plenty of people do that in probate court here in San Diego. They represent them. They represent themselves in pro per. The idea, though, is uh, to the extent that you can afford to do so, always seek to find good, competent counsel to help you navigate through the minefield because it's very challenging to go to court. And um, I don't recommend it. Uh, and, and, and even if you're an attorney, you probably don't want to represent yourself because there's an old saying, he who represents himself has a fool for a client. So I always think it's a good idea. Always get good, competent advice. And believe me, it's worth uh, what you're going to pay for it because of what it will save you in the long term. So good advice is definitely worth the investment that you'll make um, when you consider the savings that you'll, you'll realize over the long term. Okay, so, um, Todd, anything else uh, from uh, this our, our session today? Uh, no, I, I you you covered a lot of stuff. I you know it's a good thing that this is going to be posted on Facebook Live so people can go back and and listen to it. So I'd urgent I'd urge people that uh, listen to the show that if uh, maybe there's something someone that they know a family member a friend that could use this to share this link to share the uh, the Facebook Live link and. Uh, yeah, and let me just talk very briefly how I work. I'm not soliciting uh, uh, people here on the radio. I'm honored to always be a resource for folks. So if you wanted to get more information, feel free to reach out to me, rod at hatleylawgroup.com, or give me a call at 858-792-3444. Um, and if I can be of contribution, certainly delighted to do that. If I can't help you, I'll certainly find someone who can help you, and I'll be honored to uh, forward you uh, that person's information and get you connected that way so that you can get the advice that you need and get the help that you need. 
Um, it has been an absolute pleasure to sit in today uh, for Andrea Kay. I hope she's enjoying the uh, July 4th holiday. Todd, it's been a pleasure to uh, spend time with you. And for all the listeners out there and also uh, anybody following us on Facebook Live, um, please feel free. Reach out, uh, shoot me, uh, you know, leave me a, make a post on Facebook, and uh, I'll be delighted to respond just as soon as I can and get you some information that might be valuable for you. Uh, other than that, it, uh, um, I've, I've waited all day to say this. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and thanks for popping in. We appreciate it.